This is the murderer you know. Well, Hello. I'm on the floor <laughs> in one of my few remaining carpeted rooms. So, so when that when that carpet's gone, you'll have nothing. We took the carpet first out of my the room where I normally record. And so I'm on the floor of another kind of second other room that's not our bedroom. Cool. Welcome back. Welcome Thank you. Back. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode hootie who. It's episode 41. That's getting Ooh. suspiciously close to an entire year. Wow. Don't you think? Very close. Pretty amazing. It is. What's new with you? Now, what's new with me? Well, I dug up about 50 daffodils today. Oh. That about 30 some years ago, we planted in our woods in the front uh -huh. of the house. Uh-huh. Thinking that they would cover the hill and, you know, it would be like a nature preserve. But the one thing about daffodils. I already know, but you tell everyone <laughs> anyway. They require a lot of sun. Mm-hmm. And so they don't grow in the woods. They don't spread. They barely even manage to produce a blossom. Sad. I know. So I finally, you were young and naive. I was, I was. So I dug up about 50 of these poor creatures that have been languishing in the woods for the last <laughs> 30 years. And I'm going to plant them down in the backyard, which is like a blazing inferno of mm. sunlight. Mm -hmm. So we shall see what happens next year. Well, I hope they enjoy it. Me too. That's nice. Good for them. I hope, I hope it's not too late for them. I mean, they've been languishing <laughs> for 30 whole years. Yeah, it might be too late for them to produce a blossom at this time. They might just, well, but they still come up every year. That's a good sign. They come up, but they don't have a flower? I think there might have been two flowers in the woods this year. Huh. Yeah. Well, I guess you'll see next year. Yeah, on Something episode, to look forward to. Yeah, episode 140, we'll discuss the daffodils. Episode <laughs> 92. 92. Put a note, stick a note on the wall. Episode <laughs> 92, how are the daffodils doing? That note is going to be real crusty <laughs> a year from now. Okay. Okay, well, this week we are going to discuss... I don't know. I wanted to say something surprising like <laughs> alien abduction or the price of chocolate in Sri Lanka, <laughs> the Haley Selena drama. But who? Oh, there's Haley <laughs> Selena drama. <laughs> I, I was at the doctor yesterday and I was reading People Magazine, which is the only time I read People Magazine at the doctor's, but uh -huh. I think they were old issues and he came in and caught me reading and he said, it was up to me. We wouldn't have such trashy magazines in here. And I said, 
You know, it's great for a doctor's office. Very short articles, not a lot of thought involved. You just blaze through it while you're waiting for the doctor to show up. Why is he so mad? <laughs> well, he wasn't mad. Who hurt him? <laughs> I guess he just thinks an interest in celebrities is not a good way to spend one's time. I mean, okay, but objectively, <laughs> like, I'm guessing that 98% of the people who live in America would disagree with him. I did think I was walking through the living room last night, and I did see something about Justin Bieber's old girlfriend defending his wife or something. Uh-huh. Who's been receiving death threats. And my only thought was, I didn't stay to watch any more information about it. This was just gathered in like a 30-second walkthrough. What is the matter with people? Why on earth would you threaten some person you don't even know with death? I Who don't, you know what, <laughs> in an interesting turn of events, those people happen to be Haley and Selena. Did you know that? They're threatening each other with death? No, but... Remember like two minutes ago when I said the Haley Selena drama, that's yes. this that you're now talking about. Yes. Yes. I know. <laughs> oh, that's you what, know. I saw Selena, whatever her name is on TV defending Haley, I guess. Just right. No. Wife. Yeah. Haley's getting death threats from. From who? I don't know. From, from internet people. From. <laughs> From, I don't know, fans of somebody. Fans Please. of Selena, I guess. I just... I don't know, bro. Well, now we have the number one Haley and number one Selena fan coming on so we can learn more about it. That's what we're talking about today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You all know what we're talking about today. We're talking about a horrible fucking murder. Yep. Another one. <sighs> Another one. So, I guess... So fill me in. Fill me in. I'll fill you in. Our story starts with a summer night out on the town in June of 1995. Before Haley and Justin and Selena were even born, probably. Really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> then... As now, Hampton Roads was an area with lots of military presence. Yes. And two young Navy frogmen <laughs> had been hanging out, one of them getting severely, seriously drunk, but we'll come back to that. And as the evening hours approached, they were heading out to a local bar. Now, speaking of coming back to stuff, frogmen. Have you heard of this, Mom? Yeah, I've heard that term. Oh, you have? Yeah. Cool. I hadn't. <laughs> that was well, a new one on me. You're not as old as me. <laughs> I've heard everything. Is there I'm an even... age requirement to hearing like certain words? Well, I think it's an older word. I, I don't know when I heard it. I think I remember walking around the swimming pool when I was seven with uh, flippers on and thinking I was a frog man. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's specifically a term for 
all Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs, if you're out there, weigh in. But apparently, it means that they were trained in scuba diving or swimming underwater in a tactical capacity. Uh-huh. And I think it's a very cute name. I like it. Well, it makes them sound cuddly. <laughs> I don't think that's what they want to sound like. <laughs> Though maybe a little slimy. Maybe not so much cuddly, slimy. <laughs> Well, let's talk about our two sailors a little bit here. One, only 20 years old on the day our story starts, June 18th, had been a talented swimmer in high school. He was his team's most talented backstroker, in fact, with broad shoulders and muscular arms. And he was fast. Mm. He joined the Navy through an early entrance program during his senior year when he was only 17. Just before his 19th birthday, he was accepted into the SEALs training program with 115 other young men. The basic training process, as you can imagine, is absolutely grueling, and most of the trainees do not make it to the end. And high dropout was, rate, yes. Yes, very high dropout rate. And it was especially hard on the young swimmer. During something called Hell Week, which is comprised of five days of physical and mental torment to test the candidate's limits, he suffered a hemorrhage in his lung. After the test, he struggled to attention with foamy blood seeping from his mouth. Sounds awful. Yeah. He also suffered from multiple stress fractures in his legs after an exercise that involved jogging on the beach, balancing a heavy utility pole over his shoulders. Mm. But he did successfully complete basic training along with only 19 other men. And you said 100 and how many started? 115. Wow. I think it was. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge dropout rate. Mm-hmm. Now, during basic training, he became best, best, best friends with one of the other guys who also made it through basic training with him. But these two couldn't have been more different. While our first sailor was winning swim meets and gaining early acceptance into the Navy, his pal was living a very troubled young life. Hmm. By contrast, when he was 17, he was married to a 14-year-old girl, and it was not a happy marriage. Where on earth can you get married to a 14-year-old? The Midwest somewhere? (laughs) In the 80s? Well, it was, yeah, I guess it was a while ago. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it was the early 90s, but it was was a long time ago. Yeah. But these kids had a really tumultuous relationship. Once, for example, during a fight where they were both accusing each other of infidelity, her of sleeping with four other guys and him of sleeping with her sister, he beat her up and dragged her by her hair out onto the sidewalk while several police officers tried to stop him. He kept beating her and dragging her around by her hair, shrugging all the officers off during the ordeal with no issue. He was incredibly strong and powerful, and it eventually took three officers to get him restrained and in handcuffs. 
I guess this was before tasers. Huh, I didn't think about that. I guess so. I don't know when the taser was invented. <laughs> Pepper spray? Yeah, Hit him with a, a baton? <laughs> Nothing? No options were available, apparently. <laughs> well, thank God they didn't shoot him. Well, <sighs> maybe it would have been better. Maybe it would have been better. You are you don't even know. This could be some innocent passerby. <laughs> you don't even know anything about this man yet. You have introduced two men who I feel are central to our <laughs> story. And what do we talk about? Murder. I guess they could murder each other. <laughs> I guess good, we're going to find out. <laughs> okay. Once inside the police car, this kid started banging his head into that protective shield that keeps him away from the people in the front of the car until his head was bleeding and had a huge swollen knot on it. Sounds a little psycho. Aggressive, at least. Although I'm sure he was upset and stressed out. Oh, well, that's always an excuse. I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm just saying right. i'm just okay. saying now if you're wondering how a person who did something like this ended up in the navy remember that he was 17 when this happened and his record was sealed so the navy had no idea wow yeah now these two ended up being swim buddies which is an incredibly tight bond and you never leave your swim buddy behind. And not one seal ever has. Dead or alive, every seal has returned from every mission. And this expectation and record of excellence is really drilled into these young trainees. Leave no man behind. I was very amazed by that statistic. Mm. That every seal has returned from every mission they've ever been on. That is hard to believe. It's very, I mean, it's very impressive. Considering some of the places they go are probably the most dangerous places on earth. Yeah. And these two really loved each other. They thought of each other as brothers and they spent every moment together. They partied together. They ate together. They were going to be roommates. In fact, the very next day after everything goes down. So on the 20th, they went and signed their first lease together to be roommates for the coming year. At an apartment, I guess. I, I It wasn't clear. I It actually seemed like it was... On barracks, although I guess it could have been an apartment. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That was on the base somewhere. Yeah, that part wasn't clear. They had been stationed in Virginia Beach since March. And in April, the young swimmer briefly returned to his hometown and secretly married his high school sweetheart. What? Bo <laughs> That's the most surprising thing so far to you? Well, I don't know. I mean, why would he secretly marry her? Maybe he wasn't allowed to have a wife. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why it was. From what I could gather, no one was opposed to them getting married, but it, their parents both really wanted that big, elaborate wedding with him uh, up there in his uniform. And I don't know, for whatever reason, he didn't want to have to wait around for the big, elaborate wedding, and they just wanted to get married then. So it wasn't like anyone was opposed. 
I think they just didn't necessarily want it to happen that way. And apparently both of their parents were pretty upset and cried quite a bit about the whole thing. Yep. That would be my reaction. (laughs) (laughs) After the wedding, the young sailor returned to his new home without his wife and he was struggling with infidelity. This is something I always find so baffling when you were in high school and you would tell me some story about a friend of yours. Oh, her boyfriend's cheating on her. And I'm thinking, why don't you just break up? I mean, why did this guy want to get married to his high school sweetheart or whatever, his secret wife, if he wasn't going to be faithful to her, if he wanted to cheat on her? It, it I just, don't know. It just boggles the mind. We'll have to ask him. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure people would have many different different opinions about why this kind of thing happens. Well, it seems pretty frequent that it yes. happens too. Well, I think it's just that people want two things, you know, they, they're, they're young and their brains aren't fully formed and they want to be in love, but then they want to have fun. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to the 18th of June. The young men had been hanging out all day. The more immediately, at least on the surface, troubled of the two getting absolutely shit-faced. He later admitted to having at least six beers and eight to ten shots during the afternoon. Mm. And at 10.30, the two left for a nightclub. And the man who had been drinking had another six beers on the way to the club. Six beers. Oh, my God. Hopefully it was like kind of a long drive (laughs) because that's a lot of beers. Yeah. Okay. And after arriving, he had another eight to ten beers, eight to ten shots, and 12 mixed drinks in a little under three hours. Why he wasn't in a coma, I will never understand. Truly. I would be. But I probably would have been after six beers. His friend, who was casually drinking a few beers and was virtually sober, took his wedding band off for the evening out. It is possible it certainly tends to be at a club during the summer with a lot of young people. And especially when you intentionally take your ring off for the night out that they were looking for love. Or probably something a little more casual. (laughs) Yes. But the older of the two friends, the 23-year-old divorcee, later said he had a girlfriend and was not looking for any hookups during their night out. Uh Uh-huh. He said he typically had one of two plans when he went out to a bar, either meeting a girl or getting shit-faced. And since he already had a girl, he was intently focused on the getting shit-faced option. Mm. I personally feel like it is safe to say that the young married sailor was interested in some amount of female attention. I can't really imagine another reason that you would take your ring off to go out for the evening. And so he found himself ringless, casually sipping on a beer, enjoying the band and dancing, and exchanging flirtatious looks with a pretty young woman across the bar. Mm -hmm. This 21-year-old woman who crossed paths with 
these two sailors, arrived at the same bar around 11 p.m. on the night of the 18th and was enjoying a vacation with two of her friends. She was really letting loose because she knew it was probably going to be her last chance to kind of party and vacation for a little while because she was going to be starting med school soon and pursuing a career in pediatric medicine, something her friends and family members knew she was incredibly passionate about. Sad. Yeah. She had enjoyed an incredibly successful undergrad career so far. She had nearly perfect grades and was one of the most promising students at her prestigious private university, which is currently ranked 22nd on lists of the best schools in the entire country, which seems pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. She studied a lot and she spent her free time volunteering at a children's hospital. She saw working with children as her calling more than she thought of it as a career choice. She was incredibly beautiful and kind and athletic. And sometime shortly after 11 p.m. on June 18th, 1995, she spotted an incredibly handsome, blonde, broad-shouldered sailor across the bar. Mm. She immediately pointed this guy out to her friends, and one of her friends responded by nudging her and saying, he looks like your type. She smiled at him and shuffled over to say hi. They talked for a couple of minutes, but I don't know when the last time you were in a nightclub was. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember when the last time I was in a nightclub. Well, apparently it was really, really hard for them to hear anything over the band and the talking and the chatter and the drinks clattering. I do remember that. I do remember that. They really only talked for a few minutes, and then she headed back over to hang out with her friends some more. Okay. But they did continue to interact casually between 11 and midnight. They kept crossing paths, exchanging glances. They talked about the Navy. They talked about school. They really hit it off. She did briefly meet his best friend, although they did not continue to socialize in any way. According to the 23-year-old man, she, quote, sparked no interest. So he kept crushing drinks instead. (laughs) Around midnight, the young woman who was designated driver for the group of three friends wanted to head back to the hotel. The young woman who had been chatting with the sailor wrote her name and number on a napkin and gave it to him. They briefly played with the idea of meeting later in the night, which was shot down by her friends because it was already late and they were going to be sleeping. So they talked about meeting later in the week, but she was smitten and she was stalling. Mm. Her friends were waiting around near the exit of the bar and she was still chatting with him. Eventually, her friends walked out of the nightclub, and she and the sailor trailed behind, still chatting. The three women got in the car, and the sailor leaned against the back door and continued to talk with the young pre-med student. They wanted to spend more time together, but her friends were really hesitant. They didn't know this guy. They didn't know anything about him. They had just briefly met him that night and to be honest from their perspective they found him to be a little bit rude 
So they weren't really feeling the whole thing. That's funny that he was rude to them. Yeah, and there weren't any details specifically about what he did or even if he blatantly did anything or if it was just a vibe that they got. On the other hand, at the point that they're telling this story, saying they found him rude, this is after whatever happened happened. So that's going to color their memory of this guy. So That's true. You don't know. Maybe they didn't feel that way at all. Yeah, good point. Well, whatever way they were feeling at the time, he offered to drive her home, but her friend who was the designated driver said no. But she wanted to stay, so eventually, around 1.10, her friends said that they would go and get some coffee, but they were going to come back and get her from the club around 2 when it closed. Hmm. They said they would park in the exact same spot so that she could find them, and they all agreed that this was the plan of action for the rest of the evening. When the three friends agreed, the young sailor opened the door with, quote, surprising force. And the young woman got out of the car. I'm trying to imagine what opening a door with surprising forces. Did he throw, fling it open that he almost cracked off the hinges? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Seems like a very strange description. It's a very strange description. I agree. (laughs) Maybe he just didn't know it wasn't his car. You know how sometimes (laughs) when it's not your car, so you're like, accelerating and it accelerates (laughs) faster or slower than you're used to you hit the brakes and it like screeches to a halt when you felt like you just tapped sometimes if you're if it's not your car you're not used to it he thought this was a like a heavy duty machine, like an armored vehicle like Like a cheap little yeah cheap little thing Mm -hmm. that he almost ripped the door off okay Mm -hmm. got it it's possible you know yeah Her friends, still recovering from the surprising force of the door open, (laughs) apparently, sat in the car and watched her walk back into the bar with the young sailor. Around 1.15, the swimmer found his best friend's ex-girlfriend. Now, she worked in the bar as a waitress, but she was there that night as a patron. It was her night off. And he asked her if she could give her ex-boyfriend a ride home when he was ready to go. If he wasn't back to the bar before it closed, she agreed. She later said that she understood this meant that her friend was planning on taking the young woman who was with him home for the night. I wonder what home she imagined they were going to since at this point he and his buddy didn't have a home. They were signing a lease the next day. Maybe she thought the girl was a local? Maybe. Or are you not allowed? I guess you're not allowed to... I don't think, I think from my friend who's in the Navy, you're not allowed to bring like hookups or even any one of the opposite sex back into the barracks with you. God, no. But I might be remembering wrong. No, I don't think so. Plus, barracks have probably changed, but my memory of barracks is it's just a big room with a lot of beds on either side. Not really a romantic hangout place. Well, the only time I was in the barracks was also (laughs) a long time removed from this story and was probably in like 2009 or 10 or 11. But my friend was in the Navy and it was more like a college dorm. Oh, wow. You had a roommate. They had a kitchen and a bathroom. Nice. I know. Fancy schmancy. (laughs) 
Now, between 1.15 and 1.30, the lights came on in the nightclub, signaling the impending close. Sad. Last call. Closing time. During this time, a third young Navy SEAL, who met the two men at the bar that night, asked the two men what they had planned for the rest of the night, which, like, bro, I am old. We went out at 8 p.m. the other night and I tried to convince my husband that we shouldn't go. You are making more plans at 1.30 in the morning? That might be the most insane story <laughs> of all this, the most insane part of this whole fucking story to me. Well, you are old. <laughs> Remember, these these people are still in their 20s and they're all athletic and, Ugh. you know, they can rip doors off of cars <laughs> And drink God knows how many gazillion gallons. Literally. And still be upright. (laughs) 50 collective drinks. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) the young swimmer told him, I feel like I want to insert an allegedly here, (laughs) that he and his friend were going to have a threesome with the young vacationer. Even though supposedly he'd already made plans to have his buddy driven home. It's, so it's, now, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think allegedly might be a good term mm-hmm. to use here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. A couple of minutes later, the young woman in question approached the group of three guys and the swimmer introduced her to the third Navy SEAL. This third man gave the young swimmer a thumbs up, which was returned along with a huge smile. Code for, we're going to have a threesome, bro, apparently. (laughs) Didn't the third guy say, let's, you might as well make it a foursome or was he not interested in that? I guess he wasn't interested. Now at approximately 135, The best friend's ex-girlfriend, who, remember, was an off-duty waitress, saw the 20-year-old sailor and the young woman leave the bar together holding hands. At 1.45, her ex-boyfriend told her he was ready to go home, but she said she needed to wait a few minutes for a friend to be ready as well. By 1.50, he said he didn't want to wait anymore, so he left the nightclub in a huff and went out into the parking lot to find his friend. His ex followed him and said she would wait for him for a few minutes and still give him a ride in the event he couldn't find his friend. Because remember, she was thinking that he and the girl probably already left together by this point. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Around 2.10, 2.15, the young waitress went back into the bar, found her friend, and returned to her vehicle to head home. The two drove. I thought this place closed at 2 o'clock. Yeah, but I think that the friend she was giving a ride to was someone who also worked there. okay. Okay. So So she she probably had things she needed to wrap up on. Right, okay. So 2.10, they're on the way home. Yeah, and they did drive around the parking lot for a bit looking for her ex-boyfriend, you know, to see if he still needed that ride, but they didn't find him, so eventually they left. Right. Now, at the same time all of this was happening, the young woman's friends returned from their coffee run. They parked in the same spot as promised, but they didn't see their friend in the parking lot. They searched for her in the parking lot, but they didn't find her. 
And eventually they searched for her all around the ocean front at different locations until six in the morning, but were still unable to find her. Mm. The younger viewers should be reminded that this was way before cell phones and mm-hmm. cell phones have certainly helped enormously in, in these kinds of cases and also before Uber and Lyft. So the drunk guy really did need to have a ride arranged for it. Yeah. If the fact that she had to write her number on a napkin wow, didn't clue you in. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was, that was very... Old school sexy. Ooh, <laughs> my number on a napkin. <laughs> and kiss it with my lipstick. <laughs> right. <laughs> on this very same day, Monday the 19th, after not finding their friend anywhere, these two filed a missing persons report. At what time? I don't have a time. Oh, okay. But on that Monday, they were searching until six in the morning. God, can you imagine what that felt like? No. They must have been, I can't even imagine the stress. Well, you're probably torn between, oh, she went off with them. They're having a good time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so pissed at her or, oh my God, what happened? What happened? What happened? So yeah, I mean, bouncing between those two things. A lot of her parents came out to the beach after she was reported missing to help with search efforts to, you know, work with the police. And apparently that's what a lot of people hoped that she had just eloped with this guy and that she would show up with a ring and some hazy, foggy memory of this new last name and this new husband. (laughs) But if only, if only, if I know, I will say, I mean, one thing that is at least, It's hard to say good or anything positive, but after that missing persons report was filed, the investigation began moving forward very quickly. Hmm. On Wednesday, the 21st, a police sketch of the last man seen with her put together from her friend's descriptions was aired on TV and published in newspapers. Did they know he was a sailor? Yes, but they didn't know very much else about him. They didn't know Mm. his name. They didn't know where he was stationed. They just knew what he looked like and Mm. that he was a sailor. Great. And this initial sketch that was aired prompted an immediate flurry of calls, but nothing immediately helpful in these early days. Mm. Police were also interviewing employees at the bar where the women said they had last been with their friend. And they were checking over names on the bar's guest list as well. One employee, when questioned, told the cops about a regular who had been behaving very strangely. So this was sort of the first lead that seemed promising. But they had some (laughs) surveillance where he lived. They were watching him. And eventually they did question him. And he said he left for another bar on Sunday night before the three young ladies even arrived. And his alibi did check out. So not our hammered friend. No, he's just another sailor that actually turned out to have nothing to do with it. But it's funny. I mean, you're assuming these guys have gone to this bar before. One of their ex-girlfriends works there. And and nobody said, oh, yeah, so-and-so was talking to a young girl. She'll be coming around the mountain, Mom. <laughs> We're getting there. Okay. Now, since they did know that the man last seen with her was a Navy SEAL, they went to Fort A.P. Hill, and they found a young, handsome sailor 
who was on the guest list for the bar that night. I just have to say this. Bars used to have guest lists? I think this was like kind <laughs> of a fancy bar. Oh, it was okay. in it was in a hotel on the first floor and took up like most of the first floor of the hotel. Oh. I think so it was a little classy. Classy. So classy. So this was a hotel bar on the beach. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was. I have obviously led a very sheltered life. I have never been to a bar where I had to have my name checked off on a guest list. It's sad. You know, this was quite a place. This was apparent. This this nightclub was only open for three years. The place where these people met. But there were so many articles published about what a place it was, what an up and coming cool location where all of the... Young people went. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. There were all kinds of articles about this place. It was the Studio 54 of Virginia Beach. (laughs) I feel like... No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But Fort A.P. Hill is an army post. Is it? Yeah. Apparently it's where the SEALs do part of their training. Well, they do have a big, huge, it's a huge, huge, huge post and a lot of training areas. So maybe, maybe they do part of their training there. Yeah. I don't know. It's since I didn't know Fort AP Hill was an army base, although I did know that dad had been there or some (laughs) stuff. I didn't think much of it. I just wrote it down and continued with my life. And plus, it's like a landlocked. You can't do a lot of water training at, at AP Hill. Maybe they have, maybe they have maybe a big they have fish pools. tank. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We'd have to interview your father. He would know <laughs> all the secrets of Fort AP Hill. Bonus episode. The only other thing I know about AP Hill is that they used to have a huge scout jamboree there every year. So it is big. I mean, like thousands. Wow. Boy scouts from all over the country. Huh. That's fun. Yeah. So once the FBI found this handsome man on the exclusive guest list, <laughs> they decided they wanted to question him. So they met with him in a small classroom around 9 p.m. and they did briefly question him. He told them that he and his friend did go to the club that night and that they stayed until closing time and then left alone to return to the barracks. When he was asked for further details, he did say that he met two women, but he couldn't remember their names. Mm. Like an asshole. He did recall speaking intermittently with the second woman for the remainder of the evening. Starting to sound a little familiar. (laughs) He said she was with two friends who left, but said they would return to pick her up around closing time. He told the officers before she left, she wrote her name and number on a napkin so he could call her later in the week. Um, She wrote her name, but he couldn't recall her name? Like an <laughs> asshole. I, I had already said that, right? <laughs> it's on a napkin in your room and you... Still can't fucking remember the poor woman's and name. And he doesn't think that the two friends are going to say, yeah, this is the guy who almost ripped the door off of my Honda 
you know, <laughs> with the force of his muscles <laughs> and dragged our friend out of the car. I don't know what he's thinking at this point in time. He's not thinking. He's not thinking. You're right. And the officers continued to press. So he eventually agreed to go and get the napkin from the barracks. It had the name. Ooh, he kept it. He kept it. Wow. And it had the name and phone number of the missing woman on it. Mm. Now, after the agents saw this napkin, they had some more questions. And in response to further questioning regarding her disappearance, which they revealed to him, I guess, I don't know if revealed is the right word since he was an asshole. (laughs) So he already knew. Well, yeah, but they they have to sort of pretend like they don't suspect him. I know they do. Well, he told the officers that he believed at some point during the evening that there might have been a chance that she was going to agree to leave with him. So he arranged a ride for his friend. But his Mm -hmm. friend didn't want a ride with his ex-girlfriend and insisted on riding with his bud. So he then got her number, thus the napkin, and told her he would try to reach out to her later in the week. And then the two guys left the bar alone. Mm. He also told the officers that neither he or his friend had been drinking. Okay. 50 drinks later. (laughs) The agents stated that he appeared very calm, very collected, and very forthright throughout the course of the interview. One of the detectives indicated that he saw no sign that the young sailor was lying. Wow. So the agents were kind of like, maybe something happened to her after these guys left. Could that be? And they called detectives at the beach and told them that the sailor looked clean. But they didn't talk to his friend at that point. Not yet. Not yet. Now, at the same time, on the 21st, the ex-girlfriend was reading the newspaper When she saw an article about the missing young woman and she saw a sketch of a man she was very, very, very sure was her friend. Her ex-boyfriend? No, her friend. Oh, her ex-boyfriend's friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. And to her horror, as she continued reading the article, police were looking for the man because the young woman had disappeared. Mm-hmm. So she immediately called the police and told them she had seen the very same young woman with her ex-boyfriend and his best friend during the late evening and early morning hours of the 18th and 19th. And that, in fact, she last saw the young woman leaving with her friend and heading Mm. toward his car. She, of course, knew the young men's names, which the woman's friends had not. And so the police suddenly had all of his information and all of his friends information and they had lots of questions now they quickly realized of course that this was the same guy the fbi had already spoken with and pretty much cleared Hmm. but something in their gut was telling them that something just wasn't right there was something off about the entire situation yeah for sure 
He reached out to the FBI and they actually brought him in for another interview, this one at the FBI headquarters. And he told them virtually the same story, that he started talking to the woman around 1230. Her friends wanted to leave at one, so he walked her to her car, but he wanted her to stay. And she seemed to want that too, so her friends agreed that they would come back and pick her up around two. When the lights in the bar turned on, they discussed meeting later in the week, and she wrote her number on a napkin. He went to find his friend, who was very insistent on leaving, so they left around 145 without the young woman. The agents again described him as being conversational and wrote that he seemed calm, cool, and was very straightforward. Hmm. Shortly after this interview with the FBI, he was interviewed by officers at the beach. At first, he adamantly denied any knowledge of what happened to the young woman after he left the club. But after a couple of interviews... The officers could tell that his denials were getting weaker and weaker, and his story began to change. It really seemed as if the guilt was getting to him. Now, by this time, they were finally talking to both of the men, and their stories were very similar, but detectives determined that they were lying about some really strange things. Like not drinking. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next thing I have. They both insisted they weren't drinking, for example, but several people from the bar said otherwise. And many people, in fact, said that the 23-year-old was shwasty feisty How do you say that? shwasty feisty <laughs> There was also the case of the ex-girlfriend who had already told officers she saw the swimmer and the young woman leaving the bar hand in hand heading toward the sailor's car while he swore he left with his friend and only his friend yeah and she probably also told them that he made arrangements for her to take the friend home yep she did mm -hmm. and the officers really felt that these men had no reason to lie about these little random things unless they were somehow involved and guilty of right something. right it's the little things yeah. that catch you. Now, our young sailor was still up at Fort AP Hill, but his older friend had returned to Virginia Beach and was visiting his ex-girlfriend at her second job. And officers actually initially tried. They still hadn't gotten anything from these guys. Yeah, they thought they were lying. Yeah, they really thought that they had somehow been involved and done something terrible, but they had nothing at this point. So they coached this young woman on what to say, and they were trying to get him to reveal something to her, anything, like the tiniest tidbit, but he didn't. He was mm. totally cool and normal and didn't respond to any of the little tricks that they tried to get her to use. And after the two initial interviews and surveillance, the detectives still had nothing, and they were worried about losing the case entirely. Finally, on the 26th at 7 p.m., they decided the time was right to interview the men one last time. After eight tense hours of questioning, eventually one man, the younger of the two, cracked. He said he would tell them what they needed to know, but he wanted to speak with his chief warrant officer first. I don't know who that is. Is that like his supervisor, you think? Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, I'm not 100% sure about Navy ranks, but yeah, it would be a higher ranked person mm -hmm. but above a sergeant. Mm -hmm. After they allowed him to do that, detectives asked him where they could find her body and... 
he cracked. He described the location. He drew them a diagram of where she could be found. And later the next day, he went with them to help and locate her. He also agreed to provide the police with his car and the clothing he was wearing that night. In response to direct questioning, he said he was not the one who killed her, but that he was present when his friend killed her in his car. Mm-hmm. He told detectives that his friend choked her until she was dead in the parking lot. When police told the older man that his friend had ratted him out, he had his own story to tell. He said that when he left the nightclub to look for his friend and get a ride home, he found him in the car with the young woman passed out in the back seat. He said he got in the car with his friend and they drove to a side street and parked the car. They both began touching the young woman when she woke up and started screaming. The man who had spent the night chatting with her and sort of becoming friends with her, I guess, if you want to say that, according to him at least, was startled when she woke up and started choking her. When she stopped moving, he let go. And then she started spitting up blood, so he started choking her again while his friend grabbed her arms and legs to restrain her. All this is happening in a car? What is this, like a a limousine seats eight people? I just can't imagine all this going on in a car. I read what kind of car it was, but I didn't write it down, (laughs) so I can't remember. But no, it was like a little silver coupe type car. But one hour later, this guy told officers that he had not been honest and that he should, quote, tell the truth. Always a good plan. He then wrote another statement in which he said he found his friend's car in the parking lot and the young woman in the back seat. His friend said to him, quote, dude, I think I fucking killed her. He stated that when he looked into the back seat more carefully, he saw that she had blood running out of her nose and foam coming out of her mouth. They panicked and drove down the interstate, stopping at a random forested location and dumping her body in the woods. The woods were pitch black and they stumbled blind, eventually placing her on the ground and covering her body with sticks and leaves. Finally, after these interviews, which took place seven days after the young woman was last seen, the 23-year-old was arrested based on statements given by his friend. And the 20-year-old was arrested the next day after interviews with his fellow sailor concluded. Hmm. Hmm. So that leaves us with a lot of conflicting stories. Yes. And no real clear answer. I mean, they have these guys in custody, so I guess that's something. Well, I wonder if they're trying to just muddy the waters by giving different stories and then they don't know who to charge with what because they don't really know what happened. Maybe. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if they're both lying, if they're both partially lying, if they're trying to be tactical and set up the stories in a way that they think is believable based on the evidence that they expect to be found. Hmm. I don't know if they're that clever. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't (laughs) want to insult their intelligence, but I don't know if they're clever enough to have come up with a plan like that. Well, somewhere in there, somewhere in all those stories, 
their bits of the truth. So I guess they have to charge them both. And, you know, did Swimmer Boy take her out there, try to have sex with her? She freaked out and he killed her. And then when his friend showed up, they were like, oh, my God, we got to do something with the body. Or was he just being a nice guy chatting with her? And for whatever reason, his friend walks out of a bar and decides to kill her. And he wasn't even interested in her. Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking of the fort, the story of the one story of, I'm sure many, of the 14-year-old that he was married to. Mm. Does it seem... Did she seem... say... Yeah. Did she say something? Did she do something? And he just flipped out because he was drunk? Like you said, I can't even almost imagine being alive after consuming. <laughs> haven't actually like added these drinks up. Let's go back. Let's add them up. I know there were six beers on the way to the bar. And there was something before they got to the bar. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Let's even go with the lower estimates that he gave just to be nice. Okay. Six beers before going to the bar. Six Hold beers on. before. Let's get a calculator. I'm and then he down. had eight to ten shots. So we'll go with eight. And then he said he had another six beers on the drive. Right. And then he said when he arrived, he had another eight to 10 beers. So we'll go with eight. <laughs> I don't even believe this. Eight to 10 shots. So we'll go with eight and 12 <laughs> mixed drinks. I was so close with my brain math. Do you want to know? I said 50. Do you know yet what the actual answer is? Let's see. 20. <laughs> <laughs> 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. 48. 48. It's that that is not possible. That I don't think is it's possible. Not possible. I mean, no. I don't know what someone might do after 48 drinks. I mean, certainly he was blacked out. True. And maybe he was. But he was maybe she did something that irritated. He was conversing with people. He told his ex-girlfriend he didn't want to ride with her. I mean, but you can converse with people and be blacked out. I guess. Like you're <laughs> conscious. <laughs> you're blacked awake. out to me means you're awake. <laughs> you're awake, but you are not aware of any of the things that are happening. I think about those cartoons when I was a kid. And if they wanted to show somebody, I don't know, unconscious or dead, they'd like do little X's over <laughs> their eyes. This is what I'm imagining this guy like. Yeah, but upright and moving around and talking with people. Yeah, so but I mean, still I with guess, little X's over his eyes. I guess if you're 48 drinks into the wind, you could do anything. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot still to cover. Trials, the charges that they received, testimony during their trials, lies, continually changing stories. I mean, there's so much. There are more, more versions of the evening that we haven't touched on yet. There's a lot more to this story. It's a very baffling one. Another horrible tragedy just wrong place wrong time wrong bar so sad yeah i mean here was this young woman apparently very smart on dedicate her life to children and comes across to i don't know how would you describe them but i'll be very i don't know interested. how i would describe them 
it will be interesting next week to see what charges were brought and if they charged them both and what the upshot of all that was. Well, based on what we know so far, what do you think? Who do you believe? Do you believe anyone? Do you think you need more information? Well, you said there were a lot more stories, so I I don't know. I don't know. Um, of course, my dog is looking out the window, so I'm sure there's somebody out there, you know. Definitely. Waiting. Yeah, definitely. She's wagging her tail, though, so maybe well. it's somebody nice. <laughs> no. All right. Well, um, who do I believe? Like I say, they're both in some ways not very likable. I mean, the older guy is a blackout drunk who got married when he was 17 and almost beat his 14-year-old wife to death. The other guy is married and yet doesn't seem I to think... I had forgotten about that, yes. to be honest. Yes, and Ugh. doesn't seem to think that maybe that should preclude him going to bars and picking up women. So neither one of them are particularly likable or sympathetic mm -hmm. which story is more believable i don't know i liked what you pointed out the fact that he did arrange a ride for his friend which really calls this whole we were planning on having a threesome yeah i don't believe into that. question yeah and even I if they were planning on having a threesome and he's a kind of shitty guy who's cheating on his wife a lot that doesn't automatically connect to murdering some innocent girl i think that he did like her i don't think he wanted to have a threesome i think he was trying to get rid of his friend i do think he wanted to have sex with this girl but he knew her friends were coming back at two o'clock mm -hmm. so was were they just going to have a quickie between I don't know, One thirty and 2 o'clock, did they go out to the car? And she was suddenly like, oh, what the hell? No, we were just having fun. I don't want to have sex with you. And, you know, it just went wrong. Or did his friend show up and say, hey, let's have a threesome. And it went wrong. I don't know, because they both lied. They both changed their stories. Yeah, and he later said, I mean, this is probably more for next week, but he later said that he never planned to have sex with the young woman he met that night because he could tell in the short amount of time that he knew her that she just was not that kind of girl. Why then didn't he just let her leave with her friends? Maybe he genuinely liked her and just wanted to spend more time with her playing devil's advocate. I don't know. I don't know either. If he is innocent, I bet he wishes he just let her leave with her friends. For her oh, sake yeah. and his own. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine how I he mean, feels so many if he is truly innocent? So many missed opportunities. Well, on the other hand, we don't know if he was charged with anything. That's next week. <laughs> and maybe we'll get lucky and Laura Rena. Our lawyer buddy will join us and cut through all the haze and say, this, this is the guilty one. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling really hazed. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what's up, what's down. You know, I, I researched and wrote both of these already. So I'm like, 
everything's on the tip of my tongue. I want to tell you all this stuff, but I know that I can't. We don't have time today. (laughs) Okay. Well, Well, tune in next week to thank you guys. See if we find out who is lying and what happened. We'll see if we find out. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. We look forward to, I don't know, I want to say seeing you, but (laughs) feeling the presence of your little ears again (laughs) next week. And in the meantime, remember, you can always reach out on social media, Murder You Know podcast on Facebook and Instagram. All of our other contact information can be found there. All links to all of the streaming platforms you can find the show on can be found there. If you've been enjoying the show or find it interesting or have any feedback, reach out. Leave us a review on whatever platform you listen on. We'll give you a shout out and it will warm our hearts. (laughs) Yes, it's a cold, cruel world. We need some warm hearts. (laughs) All right, mom. Well. I don't want to say fun hanging out, but always good to hang out, just to hear your voice. I don't want to say fun either, (laughs) considering the subject matter, but it is enjoyable to spend time with you. Yes, and I'm I'm sorry that you inherited this deadly gene of being terrified of anything that goes bump in the night. (laughs) The jury's out on whether or not that's a gene. (laughs) I mean, anecdotally, (laughs) it seems that way. Maybe it's just learned behavior. Learned Mm -hmm. behavior. All righty. Well, goodbye. And we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.